Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And today I have felt, I'm going to say, the, the purest form of envy that a human can experience. All right? If you okay. didn't know, if you didn't know, there's an Adderall shortage right now. Pretty much. Oh, I did not know. That's wild. Yes. It's been going on since like December and nobody knows when it's going to end. And so like the shortage like really started affecting a lot of people in like December. I got prescribed Adderall in like October. So I had like two months of like assisted living pretty much. And then I was like pretty much taken right off it. Um, And, you know, I'm sure Adderall comes in like small and limited waves you know when it can be accessed but i've pretty much like you know what if there's a shortage i'm not gonna bother trying to get it i'll just you know go without i did for 23 years i can carry on but to you know help keep my emotions in check you know i got put back on my antidepressants and so i go to the cvs today and i'm waiting in line to get my antidepressants and Two people in front of me. Someone was at the register and they said this. This is verbatim. All right. So I'll be back later for the Adderall. And you said that this is the last one available. And I'm like, cool. Great. Thanks. Love it. I didn't even bother trying. And I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. It's one of those things like I was. That's not why I was here. But thanks for reminding me that it's not possible. Because sometimes I get in my own head, like, am I being too cautious? Am I, like, taking too many preventative measures? That was the most validating moment of my entire day of just being like, I could call and see if they have Adderall. Nope, not even going to bother. Thank you for thank you for reminding me that I am still on this track. Oh, nice. Nothing that makes you feel better, man. Yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, are there alternatives to Adderall? What's yeah, real? but they're all me- they're all gone. You know, it, it's a shortage all around. Just in ADHD gotcha. meds in general. Have you tried microdosing meth? No one's letting me. I keep bringing it up to my doctor, and he's like, and I say, hey, if you just have some meth around, I'll take that. And he said no, and you know, got upset that I kept asking about it. That's annoying. Be like, hey, man, it's microdosing. Everybody's doing it. If they can do shrooms. Okay, if they can do weed, should be able to do meth. Okay, it's like the same thing. Yeah, like that's a bummer. Here's, hey, Doc, just give me a big batch of it and trust that I'll microdose myself in an appropriate right. manner. Yeah, give just me be an- like, hey, guess what? When I give you this, you're not getting another refill till next year. Okay. Yeah. So make it last. And then and, yeah, I force people to microdose. And if I microdose it or if I sell it, that's on me. I face all the consequences. Right. It means you're not getting hooked up till next year, you know? And we just got to, you know, figure out a way to get insurance companies on board. Because I can't imagine it's going to be cheap. The Hippocratic Oath says to do no harm. But once I have the meth, that's up to me. You've abstained yourself. Yeah, dude. I, I really don't see the problem. Dude, it's not like they haven't prescribed horrible things to people oh absolutely also you just write on the bottle like take a eighth of a gram i feel like that's a lot i think that's a lot so take half a cc right uh just like sprinkle a little day. bit 
and be like, don't mix with alcohol. Don't take on a full stomach. Bam. You're good. I think that we need to write, you know, the doctor's ethics book. Like, I think that we need to change the game because medicinal ethics is all over the place. It's super tight in some places and like super off the books in others. And I think that we need to like find some sort of definitive ground of just being like, hey, if we're going to get charged a billion dollars, we can let them have a little meth. Right. Yeah, dude, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk about our movie? Yeah, let's talk about movies. Speaking of meth. Um, <laughs> this week's movie is Remember the Titans, the, the 2000 classic. We're doing this kind of, uh, around the Super Bowl. I know it just happened. Um, and nothing like a controversial ending to, uh, a, a game, one of the biggest games of the year, than a movie with no controversy or any conflict in it whatsoever. Um, so yeah, Craig, take it away. Yeah, if you don't want to hear us talk about this movie, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 30 minutes. Sure. So this movie is based off a true story, which I somehow forgot. Um, it's I thought it was like one of those things where it's based off a true story, or wasn't based off a true story, and we just they just made up an ending so people felt good about themselves afterwards. Um, I also thought it was one of those things where like, yeah, this did happen like things like this, but this specific thing didn't happen because it seems crazy. Um, so in 1971, this school in Virginia became integrated. So I just want to say real quick, unrelated. Mm -hmm. Whenever somebody says from Virginia, as someone who now lives in Virginia, it's like, Oh, I'm now interested. And then they follow it up with some Nova town, some town that's practically DC, like Alexandria. That's DC. Don't like when everyone's like, this is we're in Virginia. No, you're not. You are pretty much in D.C. Stop lying to yourself. Carry on. So this is town in Virginia or as Craig to say, D.C. um, that became integrated between a black school and a white school in 1971, which, by the way, too late, too late. late. My dad graduated in 75 and this movie was in 71. My dad was in high school when this was taking place. Which is terrifying. So in 1971, they were integrating a school and the football program in the South, which Virginia is technically the South, I guess, is taken very, very seriously, even at the high school level. So this Hall of Fame head coach, uh, a white dude, is getting removed from his position and replaced by Denzel Washington's character, um, the head, the assistant coach from the black school that's integrating. And... Because he is like super big in the black community, he marched with Dr. Martin Luther King. Um, they are giving him a head coach position because they think he can handle it. Be like, hey, it's going to be con- it's going to be highly controversial. You're going to get a lot of pushback, but we know you're the right man to handle it. You got ethics and morals and all that stuff. So then he has a crazy. He has to create an, a relatively decent and working relationship with the head coach, who is a Hall of Famer or about to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, and let him know he's taking his job. And then he has to integrate two schools with students who have never gone to school with people of the opposite race or of a different race at all. Um, it's pretty wild. And it starts off with them going to a football camp and then them integrating and learning how to become a team. And then they go back to the community after football camp and school starts, then getting the school on board, getting all the people who like watching football on board, and then essentially beating schools on the road of the championship that have not integrated. 
So every single person they play in the season is an all-white team. And it's just that entire story, which is based off truth, I guess. Yeah. So the coach that Denzel Washington is replacing, when they kept saying he's going in the Hall of Fame, is that like the Hall of Fame, like the like the big big Hall of Fame, or is there like a high no, school like coach Hall of Fame? No, it's like the state high school okay. Hall of Fame. All right, because um, that Which, was by the way seems so made up. Be like, yeah, are oh, you talking to me? Every high school in Virginia has a Hall of Fame just for head coaches or just coaches in general. Who's paying attention to that? I mean, sure, I'm sure it exists, but that's wild. The only people that care about it are the people that have the potential to vie for it themselves. Right. Or, yeah. Or the people who are already in it. Or it just doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah. And it seems like no one should care, but apparently it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um. So, you picked this movie because it was formative. Do you have definitive reasons as to its formation of you? Because uh, I have guesses. I have guesses. I have two. One okay. is way... Uh, no, I'll say I have three. You're going to get at least two of them. Okay. First one, Obvi, this made you a Denzel man. This was my first Denzel movie. Yeah. And it is an amazing Denzel performance. Yes. So I got hooked on Denzel for the rest of my life based off this movie. And the second thing I'm going to say is because of how old this movie is, I'm going to say this had the potential to be like your first like black movie. Yeah, well, this was the movie where I realized, like, well, I'm it's you kind of got it. There's two parts of this. Is the other sure? One was I didn't realize black people had a problem, like black and white had a problem. Sure, because I was like probably five when I saw this movie the first time, and I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, I kind of thought everyone was just like a different shade of white, just like oh, these people are just more tan white people, like everybody's white, just more tan. And then I realized I'm like. Oh, there's a difference, and people have problems with other people. Cause I mean, I'm I'm mixed, so this was very weird. Yeah. Um. And then I also realized, um, which I pick up more now, that just kind of being black is cool, bro. Sure. I'm watching yeah. a lot of this stuff. I'm like, dude, these black guys are freaking cool. Like um, Donald Faison in this movie. Donald Faison just in general is just laying out the riz wherever he goes. Yeah, and this insane. movie is no exception. Also, Wood Harris, who plays Julius, who's one of the defensive ends. It's crazy, bro. I mean, this guy yeah. is so cool. Um, So that's like the big three. Also, the movie's great. And the soundtrack yes. is great. Yeah. Um, At the end of the day, this is a football movie. And so this movie yes. had to overcome several of those hurdles simply because of that fact. And it's and also, this is not like a boxing movie where there's three matches. This is football the whole time. They are in a football uniform, I'm going to say, 80% of the movie. Oh, yeah. And if they're not in a football uniform, they're about to get into it or they just took it off. So. Like 90% of the time. So this is a very football heavy movie. Um, But, the, you know. Even though I don't care about football, I still cared a lot about the outcomes of stuff. So while the game itself wasn't very interesting to me, like whenever they actually played, that was whatever. Mm -hmm. But like you could tell when the scene was about to wrap up and they were going to move on to something else. Like that's when I start paying attention. Like, all right, how is the end of this sequence about to affect the rest of this? Um, 
but and those were still cool. I will say there was one football moment that I appreciated purely in its footballness and it's during the final game of the movie. It's during the final play of the movie. And Donald Faison is just rushing the ball to the end zone. And there's one guy, I forget who it is. I forget if it's a named character or not, who's running in front of him. That's just pushing dudes out of his way the oh, entire time. Sunshine, sure. And he's just bodying these tacklers like somebody tackled him and sunshine just brushed it off like it was nothing and he kept going and i'm like what whoa that was that was impressive yeah dude i mean the foot i will say this movie makes a lot more sense when you understand football yeah and i understand football like yeah not just I, that. when you when i was a kid like six or seven i'm like man this whole offense defense thing really confusing yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm like, we're getting holding plays called. I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, I didn't know that the two main characters, two main football players are on defense. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's weird. I don't know what weak side. I don't know what strong side is. That didn't make any sense. I'm like, there's how many quarterbacks? I didn't understand what Ryan Gosling's role in this was at all. <laughs> I didn't understand what he did. Um, So when you understand a little bit more football, this movie makes a lot more sense. I'm like, I think. Because everyone can play every position. Like, I didn't understand what was going on. Also, just to touch on something that you said, um, if you don't know Ryan Gosling is in this movie, it catches you completely by surprise. That was the most surprising part of this movie was when I saw Ryan Gosling. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? Yeah, dude. Ryan Gosling, I remember. I mean, I've seen this movie a million times, but it's been a while since I saw it. Um, I remember Ryan Gosling because there's like a running joke that like, I know all these girls fall in love with Ryan Gosling, but people forget that he was a liability as a corner. Yeah. Like they're like, this guy is not fast enough. And we almost lost a game because of him. Um, yeah. This I was forgot. his first feature film. Yeah, dude. And he freaking, he did a really good job. Yeah. 90 seconds of screen time, but good job. Yeah. He's regardless. in like a couple parts, but he's like, he plays a mediocre football player. Yeah. Um, I really liked when you have a group of characters that are racist. Um, it's obviously the chemistry between them is toxic and not fun to watch. And so by comparison, all the black characters in this movie just have incredible chemistry, even just simply by comparison. Um, yeah. And so that was a lot of the fun of this movie was, watching you know it starts at the football camp and watching all the black football players like they're vibing with each other they're having fun and like watching that energy slowly rub off on the other football players as well like that's what makes this movie interesting is kind of watching that like slow turn into like a genuine team right dude this movie is also it touches on so many things that you just like it is incredible. Every interaction Coach Boone has with Coach uh, Yost is so Will Patton um, is wild, and it's it's wild and like a, I can't believe they're talking about this. Every conversation they had, I'm like, wow, that's really important. Yeah, in a movie that's rated PG. Yeah. Also, this is also nice, and you can you can play it both ways. I respect it with both ways. Um, I think it's good to have these movies that are PG, and it's good to have movies that are rated R. I think it's good to have movies that are like, I know this movie is going to make reference to some serious racism, but you're going to be able to watch it without hearing the N word. 
Yes, for sure. So that's how I got exposed to this movie at five. Now, there are movies where you can see some real racism and it's like, this is as close as we can get to the real thing. Probably wouldn't have exposed that to me at such a young age. Yeah, like if you want to do a double feature with your kid and you do Remember the Titans followed with 12 Years a Slave, maybe rethink that. Maybe. I mean, (laughs) sure. That's a choice. (laughs) Um, This is not the only uh, overcoming uh, sports team. Um, There's not a lot about integrating sports teams. So there's one called Glory Road, which is a basketball one, which is where they're recruiting for a college basketball team, which is like a PG-13 version of this and it let me tell you this is hard to this is has hard parts to watch i wouldn't say most of it's hard to watch but there has some parts that are kind of hard at pg anytime you step it up a little bit more it's just going to get harder to watch yes and even going to glory road which is pg-13 and then you get mo any slave movie is rated r even if it's not rated yeah. r it's rated r you know um like, it's just the, crazy the more the more difficult scenes in this movie don't last for very long. Um, like I, I f- like there are some intense moments where like somebody throws a brick through Coach Boone's window, and like you get the sense that like the family's in danger, and there's like a moment of gravity where it's like people know where I live, they don't like what I'm doing. There are people I care about here and around me, and like moments like that that I you know bring the movie's tone. Um, to say something different for a second. And, you know, the number of times that Coach Boone gets called something that I'm not comfortable repeating is... Yeah. Obs- it's it's a lot. It's pretty rough, dude. But, dude, Denzel Washington, this is like an Oscar nomination-worthy performance. Yeah. And this movie didn't get nominated for anything, as far as the Academy Awards go. Sure. This movie... I mean, Denzel did such a good job, just even in the beginning, when he's talking to uh, the black football players in the gym. I'm like, oh, this guy's like kind of scary. Yeah. He's messing with Petey being like, are we having fun now? Is this fun to you? I'm yeah. Like, Dude, this is- Denzel, this was a perfect casting for him. Yes. Denzel Washington. Here's what I've le- Here's what I've come to say about Denzel Washington is he does an amazing job playing characters I would hate in real life. Because like th- for me, the two Denzel movies, uh, you know, is this and um, Philadelphia. And with Philadelphia, it's like, oh, you know, the homophobic lawyer that's doing this, you know, because it's an interesting case or whatever. And then there's and then I've never been a fan of I've said this before of any kind of like leader or mentor that breaks people down to build them back up. And that's he has very much that mentality in this movie a pg version of that mentality but like mm-hmm. he's he's tough on these guys he's really tough on these guys and um it's the kind of environment that like i would not thrive in i would just if i was at that football camp and he was like if you can't handle this then you then you can just walk yourself back home i'd be like all right thanks for the out see you later goodbye <laughs> yeah i mean this is also like part of football culture he was also yes. like coaching hard he goes we're gonna win like i'm I'm a winner and he gets pushback on that mentality the entire movie yeah the entire movie they're like you're going too hard this is not the marines what are you doing this is just high school and he takes it so seriously yeah um yeah but denzel plays that like I, alpha is not the right word but like a strong character he plays yeah. a strong character so well. 
I think of Training Day. I think of the American Gangster, um, Manchurian Candidate, um, Man on Fire, um, literally two guns, every movie, The Equalizer. This guy's (laughs) scary, bro. He's like dangerous. Even when he's older, he's dangerous. And like you just, when he talks, you pay attention to him. Um, And I'm like, I, when I saw this movie and I I was exposed to it at a young age, I'm like, this is what I think a lot of guys want to be like. And I, and it's not for everybody. Most guys should not. not be like this. These guys have their place. Okay. And they're football coaches and they're in the military. Um, yeah. But I mean, like this was like the most structure a lot of these guys had. Um, and he got them to win and it worked. Yes. Them, Cause they developed a loving and caring relationship. Like they genuinely cared for each other. Um, also, some of these students, like the problem child, the guy who's supposed to be blocking, um, I think he's a tight end, was just a bad guy. And Coach Boone had to deal with that. Yeah. Um, not Gary, but the other one. Yeah. Gary's friend. Yeah. Was it Louis? Um, uh, Brooke, it doesn't matter. It, yeah, it actually doesn't matter. so doesn't matter. Um, I do want to give a shout out to um Hayden Penetieri who played the little killed girl it. in this movie Cheryl Yost she kills it she like <laughs> top five performances in this movie she's in there like it, it's at the point where it's like does she know that she's like like she can like loosen up a little bit like she doesn't have to give this good of a performance she's a kid like we can like we can cut her some slack dude I was just straight up impressed at child acting I'm like this is unbelievably believable yeah i it was one of those i can't believe i believe her that's exactly it that's exactly it because most even good child actors you know you get the semblance that half of what they're doing on screen is simply remembering the lines um that's not the vibe with her at all she's like i i remember my lines i know my motivations i know who i'm talking to this is my scene and i'm like it is hayden this is your scene yeah, dude, it's it's impressive. And let me tell you, there this movie, I almost cried so many times. Oh, and yeah. Even even, it wasn't even sad parts sometimes. It was just like, I can't believe people are going through this. Yeah. It was crazy, dude. That never happened to me when I was like, watched this for the first time. Granted, when you're a kid, like a lot of stuff just goes over your head. But like, yeah, I was like, what is happening to me? Um, I have seen this movie before. I watched it in fifth grade. We had to get a permission slip to watch this movie. We had to have a permission slip signed, which, like, mm-hmm. I understand, um, but it's still a little weird, I think. Regardless, I did not remember anything about this movie except for one thing, and it's when Gary gets in the car accident. Dude, that was the that's only brutal. thing I remembered. Because you watch this movie, and uh, a trope that, or yeah, a trope that I despise and i can point it out like a needle in a haystack is when actors spend too much time not looking at the road when they're driving because they're talking to a scene partner it is my least favorite thing in the world and so when gary is driving down this road and he's like waving out the window i'm like great this thing again you know oh he's having a good time it's a movie whatever and then he gets t-boned and i'm like oh my god (laughs) <laughs> they did the thing that I've been complaining about. Yeah, they're like, hey, this is why. This Here's the thing, though. Every time this happens and the guy's not paying attention, if they do get hit, it's always on their side. Yes. And you and you yeah. get it from the side view so you get the full T-bone effect. It always is so much scarier that way. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because you see it before they see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. It's brutal, dude. It's brutal. And it's one of those things. As soon as he gets hit, he goes, "There's a pretty good chance that guy died." Oh yeah, for sure. I thought he did. Yeah. <laughs> when a truck is that big, hey, guess what? You don't win. Yeah, and you find out like, oh, he's paralyzed from the waist down. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. Holds up. And I really liked because I didn't like. I think that Gary as a character is pretty uninteresting until that happens, and then you know he's in the hospital. I, I, that's when you really get to see the team come together and like right. show true camaraderie for Gary and for the team moving forward. Like that's when I started to get emotional was when they're like, we still need to carry forward. We still need to get better. Like that, that's was those were the parts of the movie that I found really interesting. Especially when J- Julian goes and hugs Gary's mom. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, that was all. Oh my God. <laughs> emotionally oh devastating God, freaking nuts bro insane oh and he goes ask coach like how is he doing and he goes he's paralyzed from the waist down and he goes no he's not and i'm like that dude that line i think fucked me up for life yeah it's like because it happens uh, the other time i think about it is when uh spoiler alert if you haven't seen infinity war when spider-man is like what's happening to me and then robert Downey jr is like iron man is like, hey, you're going, and he goes, I don't want to. It's the I, it's the real life thing of I don't believe this is happening. Yeah, and that like hits a chord in my soul of like that's almost too real. That's how real people react. I can't believe this is happening. I can't, I'm not gonna deal with this. I can't believe this is happening. So he goes, No, he's not. No, he's not. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is happening right now? Yeah. So it, this, you know, this movie feels very real. You know, it's it's based on a true story, and on pretty much all accounts, like, very few things were altered. Like, obviously, like, some details and uh, exact wordings of things get changed. Yeah, but I like, mean, it's like it's like timing things. Like, in real life, he got taken out of this. He couldn't participate in the next season because he got in a car accident after the season was over. So he won the championship and then got in a car accident and got paralyzed from the waist down. And you're like, well, that's a timing issue. And then a lot of them was like, well, they didn't really place that championship game. It wasn't against them. It was a regular season game. I'm like, sure. Fine. <laughs> I'm cool with that. I'll be like, Coach <laughs> Boone actually had four daughters, not two. Cool, man. Imagine being one of the daughters true, that got cut. That's crazy. What was that? Imagine being one of the daughters that got cut. <laughs> yeah. Wild. And the same, I think um, Hayden is like the culmination of four different girls because he had four daughters, not just one. Yeah. Um, I'm like, listen, bro, if those are the problems, if those were like the things you changed and everything else is true, that's insane. So IMDb, you can add like plot keywords or like general tags for a movie to like help give you the vibes for this movie. Um, The tags are in order 1970s, racial tension, American football makes sense. Tag four, homosexual. There's one gay character. They bring it up once. I don't know if and it deserves it to twice. be. Th- okay, fair Kinda. enough. Kinda. And they don't even, and it's like within 10 minutes of each other, and then they never bring it up again. Yeah. And like, the movie is like afraid to say the word gay. It's because it's a Disney movie, and it's and rated it's in PG. 2000. Yeah. And so and like- it, The first time it's introduced, it's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And then after that, I'm like, after that though, they address it twice. They say like, hey man, I mean, we're roommates. 
And he goes, I don't care. It doesn't matter. But you can tell me. He goes, well, if it doesn't matter, then why don't I have to tell you? And I'm like, wow, this is a very mature conversation for something that yeah. was in 2000. Yeah. Um, and then the whole, like, he's from California. Yeah, That scene was, that was the worst dialogue of, uh, in the movie. That was yeah. all And all the girls are like, through. what does that mean? And I'm like, yeah, dude, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I know what you're trying to say, but like, yikes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie's good. Um, as you know, this is one of those, as far as sports movies go, you know, for me, um, it definitely earned its time. I liked watching it. I don't regret watching it. I would recommend it to other people. Um, a lot of the things that, you know, give this movie a lower rating for me are just minor things that rub me the wrong way. It just, you know, there's nothing wrong with this movie objectively, one might argue, but like, Everything else is just personal opinion at this point. Yeah. I think this is one of those things where, like, it is a good movie. It might not be your favorite movie, but everyone's on the same page. Like, this is a good movie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a seven and a quarter. Okay. I'm giving it a nine. That's totally fair. This movie made me, and I didn't. Here's Okay. Let's face the facts. The other two movies that made me were okay. Okay. (laughs) I was prepared for this movie to also not hold up. This movie holds up, bro. It's freaking good. I loved it. And I had no idea I would love it this much. So I'm freaking on board. I would recommend everyone freaking watch it. If like, if your kid's like even in elementary school, they're not going to get a lot of it, but they'll get the good parts. And yeah. they're still going to feel something. Like I got introduced to this in elementary school. It's great. I mean, yeah. that's all I have to say about this movie. I could talk about this movie all the time. It's a freaking amazing movie. I loved it. All right. Let's move on and do our improv segment. This is one that we did a few weeks ago that I would like to take another stab at to see if we can refine it a little bit. This one is called, and how is that supposed to help? The way this works is we're going to do a scene, a problem is going to be introduced, and we're going to try to find a solution that does not help. And so we kind of have to bend over backwards to make this solution work for our problem. And that's the scene. Sweet. I totally don't remember doing this, um, so I'm sure it might go nothing like the first time. Yeah, we'll sure. Check it out. All right. Um, for this scene, let's say um, we are we're at a school. You know, we 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 are school administration, and like, okay, and we don't have enough subs to cover all the called out teachers for the day, so we have to start coming up Easy with uh, solutions for that. Um, sure. Uh, hey, uh, Principal Good. Um, bad news. Um, we had fourteen teachers call out sick today, and we have three what? substitute teachers. Oh my! Do that has never happened before. Like at that point, like I think our teachers might be on strike. That's that's insane. a possibility. I'm not, but like the fact of the matter is, we need to find something uh, to do today. Um, school has kind of already started. We can't, you know, the buses have left. Can't exactly recall them right away. So we need to just figure out how to, at the very least, make it to lunch. Well, uh, I mean, I guess we could just have the honor kids teach them. Okay. Okay. Um, we're, you know, we'd be relying a lot on trust. You know, some of those honor kids, you know, they may be good students, but they're also bad people. So I don't know if I would like super love that idea. Um, I mean, do we just 
I guess we could just have the girls do it, right? Just go to the AP class and just have the females. I think that is a very, you're thinking inside the box. All right. I think that we need, we need like a grand solution. I say we put on, we, I say we make an assembly. We can have an assembly. assembly. That'll eat up a lot of time. We can have so much time. And after that, we could just let the janitors take over. You know what? We never let the janitors take over. I think they deserve a chance. Well, yeah, I don't. I think they're the only people in the school with like trade school experience. Yeah, right. So, Everybody else went to college. These guys. Uh, to be honest, I don't even know their names, so I don't know how they got the job. But I'm sure okay. they know something valuable. So, 14 teachers called out. We have 12, or we have three subs. So it's 11 classes that need filling. Each class has about 30 students. So it's about 330 kids. If do you know what we could t- do? What's up? Let's drug test the kids, and if they You're- fail. We just we kick them out. They'll kick them out. Yeah, we kick them out. Uh huh. Yeah, just um, send them home for the day. And we have to we have to test them for everything. So we need breathalyzers. We need to urine test for sample. nicotine if we can. Yeah. Um. And even if they're of age, they shouldn't be under the influence in school. So that's going to get rid of at least half of our seniors. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, everyone that vapes, they're out of here, bro. And quite frankly. You know, we're still 15 minutes into the day. If you're showing up to school toasted 15 minutes in, um, we got to, we might just send you to a therapist. Right. So we're getting rid of, we're going to test, we'll have to do like three or four different tests. Not exactly sure how we're going to do that. So maybe we just, oh, guys, got a solution. Was, uh, after the assembly, we'll just go into lockdown. Okay. We'll just, we'll just go into lockdown and sure. just like keep them like that for a while. For like you know? three hours, really right. scare them. You know? And then, like, when they're gonna be like, "Why are we still locked down?" We'll have the cops come, we'll bring the dogs through, and just like, just have them like have the dogs search through lockers and stuff. And that could take a while. I, so I think that the and assembly, then go to the parking lot and search through the stuff. I think that the assembly should be a school wide show and tell. I think okay, that here's at, here's what I'm worried about with that, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a little worried. It's gonna be hard for the kids to pay attention that long, and I'm scared of what will happen. When we get a bunch of students not paying attention. So how about, right, we have the health teacher, if he's still around, uh, do a sex ed review. Because I feel like that would grab their attention and they'd be paying attention. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that works as far as like parental forms. So here's what I'm thinking. So we we do both. All right. Every five students, we do a sex ed refresher. And we keep doing this. Until they go home, I guess. That's the whole day. Well, I say we do that till lunch after lunch lockdown. Okay. And uh, yeah, we'll just do lockdown. And then when the buses come, we'll just be like, all right, good drill and go home. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that was the only thing we needed to accomplish today. We are all good. Um, Maybe we could bring in like the old folks from the retirement home. Also thought, um, were any of those people that left or called in sick uh lunch ladies uh no actually okay just checking uh just figured logistically we'd be in a bit of a conundrum like so i think we should bring in the people from the old folks home and old people love young people there's nothing that old people love more than young people so i say right yeah have the old people run a driver's ed yeah, because no one's these... better at driving. Right. And the old people can't drive. 
and the young people don't know how to drive. You pair them up. I don't think how this could possibly go wrong. Okay. And that'll eat up a bunch of time. And then maybe like they just run errands together or something. I don't know. Hey. What um, could go wrong with releasing 400 students out into the streets with old people? So before we get started, I did want to show you this cool like BB gun that I got. Uh, Cox gun. Yep. Beautiful. Works like a charm. Yeah. Works like a charm. Hey, Looks like um, if I do, you remember um, your it would have been your junior year of high school, my freshman, when the power went out before school started and they just sent yep. us home. Yeah, kind. Of, yeah, um, it went out for a long time. Like, yeah. I remember going to my second hour like we still don't have power. And then we got sent home because they're like, hey, if this isn't on in the next it, during this hour. They won't have time to cook us food and they have to send us homes. So we had to just go. So here's how I remember it happening is maybe Which basically the power basically being like, you don't remember this happening. Yeah. The, I, maybe it, it might've happened more than once. Cause our school was under construction for like three years um, yeah. where the school, the power was out before school even started. And so we were like 30 minutes into mm-hmm. first hour before they were like, it's not coming back on you guys go home. And then about two hours later, they called everybody's homes and was like, hey, we got the power back on. Come back for the second half of the day. And uh, you can imagine how that went. I think all the bus kids stayed. I think like, they did run the buses again, but like, I don't blame you for not going back. We did. Ha- my, my parents made me go back, but every class was a ghost town. Like most of my classes for the rest of the day had five people in them. Yeah, I don't think I went home. I think I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to go get back. I don't, I barely remember that happening. I just remember like the big, the big thing in school being like, if our teacher doesn't show up for 15 minutes, we can leave. But like, dude, you can leave whenever. Just yeah. deal with the consequences, you know? Also, this is third hour. Go where? Yeah. Are you going to leave for this hour and then just come back for fourth hour? Like, I don't think that rule means you can just go home for the day. And then people would still do that in college where they're like, after 15 minutes, you can go. It's college. You didn't have to be here in the first place. Yeah. Hey, man, you're paying to be here. I mean, act accordingly. Alex, what's our middle segment? I think they're just coming up with excuses not to do anything. All right. So I got a middle segment for us. It's brand new. And in light of our, you know, previous Super Bowl, the most recent one, you know, the one that was freaking four days ago. Um I've come up with a segment called the real MVP because a lot of people after a big game say, you know, the real MVPs of this game are the refs because, you know, um, they the Chiefs wouldn't have won if it wasn't for that final holding. Call. Yeah, whatever, dude. So I've come up with six things, right? I'm going to give you two choices of MVP and then something that's obviously not an MVP, but you can pick it if they made that big of a difference. Okay. Um, and this what we're going for right now, we're going to go on movie theme. So I'm going to revisit our old themes and I'm going to give you two choices of movies or pairs if it was a pair and then something that has nothing to do with those movies, but made it could have made a big impact. Okay. So we're going to start out with Christmas, our December theme, um, which deserves the MVP. Chris Pine in Hell or High Water or Evans in Gifted. And if it's not either one of those, is it the fact that we didn't do a Christopher Walken movie for Christmas? <laughs> Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say that gifted is the MVP. Now, if we had chosen Christopher Walken instead of Chris Pratt, that would have been the MVP, but that would have been pretty good, dude. 
But here lies the fact that we did choose four pure Chris's and there and gifted was my favorite amongst the bunch. So it is the MVP. Okay. Um, we'll go into our number two of six micro themes. Uh, is the MVP, the war movies, the foreign language movies, or the fact that we didn't do any Holocaust movies. I'm going to say the MVP is the foreign language one because okay. I, I just, I have to say it's the MVP because of how many hoops we had to jump through to get that episode to work logistically. It just yeah. has to also, be the MVP. The contrast between old boy and minions is like n- never seen before. Yeah. And that's will probably insane. never happen again. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Uh, next we got stages of life. Um, yeah. We got Goodwill Hunting versus Boyhood, or the fact that we didn't just watch The Curious Case of Benjamin Button five times. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm going to say that the Benjamin Button thing is probably the MVP. <laughs> I think that would have made a pretty big impact. I think that yeah. would have been nuts. Because I don't know if we watch for stages of life, if we watch it in order or reverse order. You're right. That would be a logistical nightmare. That would have been rough. (laughs) Or what we do is, you know, we watch it 15 minute or we watch it in like 30 minute intervals for four weeks. Oh, dude, that would have been rough. And (laughs) our audience also biggest skipped episode we we could have ever done. They would have never watched them. You know what? Normally, unspoken MVPs are things that did happen, but this is probably the biggest MVP of things that didn't happen. Right. Okay. Uh, next, we have Jackie July. Uh, we got Rush Hour versus Police Story, or only movies where he's a voice actor, like Kung Fu Panda. I'm going to put my own in. I'm going to say the real MVP is Facebook video for letting us watch Who Am I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> without without any form of like verification. Yeah, that's totally fine. I get it, dude. That was rough. I remember that was the first time we like struggled to find something. Yeah. Like we watched it and like barely 480p on some random person's Facebook page. <laughs> That was bad. And the um, movie wasn't even worth it. The movie's it okay. It really wasn't. Uh, then we're going to kick it back to Franchise Month, which this year was Terminator. We got Terminator 2 versus Terminator Dark Fate. Or instead of watching Conan or something, we could have watched his campaign speeches when he was running for governor. I mean, again, this is one of those things that like we could have done. Also, we spitballed a few pretty bad ideas when we were trying to figure out how to make that Terminator franchise work. That was rough from the yeah. pre-production side. We, we were just running through all the movies he did before Terminator. Because that's what we did when we did Fast and Furious. We're like, all right, let's just go through the movies that existed before Fast and Furious. And we tried to do that again with Terminator. And Conan was the most bearable. Yeah. And like other, if it wasn't that, we would have done something stupid like jingle all the way or whatever. Yeah, or it would have been like, all right, let's just watch him run for Mister Olympia or something. Yeah, it would have been bad, bro. It would have been, it would have been rough. So the true MVP is Terminator Two. Yeah, okay, I can get behind that. And then the last one I have is our twin movies, which was last February. It was let's do uh, the Bugs Life Ants combo. Yeah. Versus the phone booth Liberty Stand Still combo versus this is one we didn't do 
White House um, has fallen or White House down versus Olympus has fallen. I'm going to say the MVP is phone booth and Liberty stand still because okay, because phone booth is just a solid Colin Farrell movie. I love Colin yes. Farrell and th- that's a very good Colin Farrell movie. And Liberty Stand Still is a movie that I will never be able to forget for the rest of my life for very different reasons. Also, I've never talked to a person who had also seen that movie before. It's never going to happen. And I just I love Liberty Stand Still, not because it's a good movie. It's not. But like just like. It's so cheesy and campy. I love like thinking about it. I know if I were to watch it again, I would hate every second of it. But the memories that I have because of that movie are just undeniable. All right. Well, that concludes the real MVP. I'm sure next time we'll throw in some crazy things. I mean, pretty good for you to only have one off the wall, not an actual movie, you know. Um, and hopefully you're still not too upset about the the refs for the Super Bowl game. Now, on to our one hint. The new segment we have to come up with every single episode, and we've done 120-some episodes, so these are getting weird. Um, It's called Push Me. And Push Me is about, Greg, you have stances in life. You have things you're for, things you're against. And there's a lot of things, there's a lot of dichotomies in the world. And I would say, we're going to explore those. You can do them for me, I'll do them for you. And I'm going to pick something that you're not, or that you don't support. And I'm going to keep adding things until I push you onto that side. So for instance, I'm going to start off with gym bro culture. Okay, sure. Obviously, you're not a gym bro. You don't really seem like a gym bro. You don't want to be a gym bro. You're not friends with a lot of gym bros. It's just not you. I'm going to push you over and you're just going to tell me what it takes. So this is similar to red flags, but it's things that you don't want to do. Okay. Um, uh, Gym bro culture, right? Yeah. Um, You can get into the gym for free. That's a good start. It's it's actually if that wasn't on the table, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Okay, um, you get a personal trainer, and you're they're super attractive. Mm, I don't know if I want actually, an attractive. Does that make it worse? I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be crushing on my personal trainer unless I like know it's gonna happen, right? Like, hey, oh, my yeah. personal That's trainer's fair. super That's attractive. Fair. They're also in a four year committed relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Um, you have the opportunity for private sessions, so you don't have to worry about working out in front of people. Okay. Um, See, we're, this is more like going the to the gym and not so much gym bro culture. So I'm going yeah. to start sucking you into the culture. Okay, for sure. Because I'm going to tell you right now, um, like, yeah, I'm going to say, like, that that would be enough for me to do gym stuff regularly. Where if it was on okay, my own so schedule. so I got you into the gym side. Mm-hmm. Where if it was on my own schedule, um... um you know, had my had somebody walking me through it and like more or less guilt free. Like th- those are the things that I need. OK, I'm glad we got you in the gym. Now we're going to get you into the culture. So you're going to have to start taking pre-workout <laughs> and you got to dry scoop it, which basically means you're not putting in a shake. You're just scooping it out and just eating powder. OK, um, no, no, thanks. But I got to I got to sweeten the deal because I get this is this is how you get you in the culture. OK. So you're going to start dry scooping, um, pre-workout, and we're going to do creatine as well. Um, okay, sure. <laughs> so I got to think of what I can do. Let's say the flavor is the best thing you've ever tasted. Okay. <laughs> okay, sure. 
okay. hey, you okay. know the thing, thing that sucks about is... this thing? We're just gonna not participate in it. No, it's still <laughs> gonna it's still gonna suck the moisture out of your mouth like the cinnamon challenge. But it's just okay. gonna taste good. <laughs> okay. Okay, another gym Um you <laughs> uh you're gonna have to wear a uh pump cover, um, which is basically a super oversized sweatshirt or shirt. Um, and then once you've worked out a little bit and you your muscles look bigger, then you take it off to impress the guys. Oh, okay. Um, and that can be any item of clothing you want. It's always super comfortable, and you always everyone's always jealous of you. They wish they had that cover. Okay, okay, sure. So, okay, so here's okay. what I got so far. Uh, um, the bad stuff that tastes good and good gym drip. Yeah. It's just the fact that you have to, you're doing it to impress a bunch of dudes. And then okay. another one is you have to carry a gallon of water. I did that in music school. That's fine. Okay. So no worries there. Yeah. Uh, let's do the final one um, being you can't leave the gym until you spot five people. That's the worst part. So benching, squatting, de- whatever. You have to sp- squat, you have to spot five five people and they all gotta be dudes obviously yeah Uh, hey the fact that i was spotting dudes or not dudes did not factor into this equation alex the fact that you think it did baffles me um and they gotta be gym vets they gotta be huge i just like the concept of being like when i go to i'm about to bench 300 pounds can you help me not even that, but like when I go to the gym, I want as little social interaction as possible. Like I see these videos of people at the gym and they like make like a gym buddy and like, you know, they help each other out for a workout. And I'm like, no, thanks. I'm there. I'm in my zone. Yeah. I do not want to be interrupted. Do not look at me. Do not talk to me. Like this is if if anybody breaks my concentration, I am walking out the door. I am hanging on by a thread and a miracle. Um. So no. All right. To, so it's, really the short answer is no. Get, okay. So <laughs> yeah. I could I couldn't push you. All right. Do you got anything for me that you know I would not enjoy that you can try um, to push me into? Gosh. I mean, there's so many things. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. Tr- okay, here's the thing. I'm gonna push you into D and D. All right. I've been playing D and D. Freaking knew it, bro. I knew it was gonna be D and D or anime. <laughs> I don't have the credentials to push you into anime. I don't. But okay. so here's the thing about D and D. Um, it's always with your friends, right? So D and D more often than by not. By the way, if there was any other option, I'd be out. Yeah. Okay. Glad, okay. Glad that we. I'm not you know, playing with strangers. Um. Uh, and if you're playing for the first time, you don't have to know all the rules. You have to do almost no pre-session prep work. Well, thank God. That's another thing. Like if I had to, I wouldn't be doing it. You're just listing all these things that were my requirements to even get started. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know you had to, to be honest with you. I didn't know um, you had to know the rules. <laughs> it was just some dudes talking. I just role play the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Alex, if I were to okay, show you the number of books that this game. if I were to show you the number of books that make up the D&D literary pantheon, you'd probably shit your pants. Um, well, it's just one of those things I'm like, hey, can't we just all agree? Be like, all right, uh, he wants to steal this roll of 15 or higher. Right. For I mean, that's stealing. the basics of it. But like, it, right. See, and you can just make it up. Be like, all right, I want to convince this person to go with me. All right. Roll 10 to see if you're good at convincing. 
We're like, okay. And you just do that the entire game. Yeah, but like. What are the rules uh, here? The rules the are just, like. The, the what master skills? or whatever just says you can't do that. Yeah, pretty like there are skills that go with you say, you know, see if you convince him good. There are skills that go along with that and whether it makes it persuasion or deception and um, combat has a lot of like nitty gritty rules that you can dive into. I personally don't dive into a lot of those rules. I'm a very chill. I'm a very chill DM. Like if you ask me something nine times out of ten, I'm going to say yes. Um, Uh. What are some other so I things? I have to play with my friends and I don't have to know the rules. Correct. Perfect. I'm already there. <laughs> All right. Um, there's always going to be food provided for you. Um, Dude, you know, I'm there was a I again requirements. I know how long <laughs> these things take. If there wasn't food, I would not go. But like usually like in a and d group, if you're going to get food, like you like rotate who's in charge of getting food. Um, you just wouldn't have to worry about that. OK, good. Good. <laughs> um. I'm going to the kind of story like this, the the storytelling is the kind of storytelling that you would like. You know, you can have a conversation with your DM and be like, these are the things that I'm looking for in a story that I want to participate in. Okay. Oh, also, here's here's like a genuine thing. Like D&D is like a joke factory, like nine times out of ten, like. Most of the time in sessions, like, it's just trying to make each other laugh with your dumb, stupid antics. Um, It is seeing how far you can push the DM and still let them get away with whatever BS you're trying to accomplish. We spend most of my D&D sessions just, like, laughing and doing dumb bits. Sweet, dude. I can get behind that. Yeah. So that's, I think, the big thing is more often than not. Everyone thinks I'm funny. I can do that. That's exactly it. Like I leave D and D sessions just kind of like very lighthearted. Cause I've been laughing for the last two and a half hours, you know? And also like you can take it as seriously as you want to. So like, if you want to pull like a big actor card and you want to do like an intense scene, like that's all in your power. Like you can be the dramatic actor in a D and D session. Those opportunities are uh, frequent. So like, that's what I like about D&D is um, you can do lots of bits, but you can also do very intense scenes where you walk out of there. It's like, I feel like I just left theater rehearsal. I think I put on a show for everybody. Nice. Uh, All right, Craig, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I would go like two or three times. For sure. The problem is yeah. I know you need a lot. I need you to commit a lot <laughs> yeah. more than two or three times. For the longevity of it. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, but to each their own. Um Alex, yeah. what do you have for freeballing? Um, I started a show with Macy on Hulu called The Patient, which has Steve Carell. It's uh, bad enough that I didn't finish it. I quit Whoa. after the season. <laughs> Whoa. It's about a therapist who gets kidnapped by one of his patients. I feel like it shouldn't be called The Patient, by the way. It feels <laughs> weird. Right? Should be The Client or something. Let me just make sure I'm saying it correctly. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm like 90% sure it's called The Patient. It Steve is. Steve Carell. Yeah. It feels weird. I feel like the person that the therapist interacts with shouldn't be called their patient. I don't know what it should be called, but patient feels weird. Anyways, he gets kidnapped by that person and the patient or individual client, whatever, um, says, the reason I kidnapped you is because I have a serious problem and I've been lying to you in all of our sessions. I've just been vetting you. I am addicted to killing people and I brought you here to help me stop. 
and I'm going to chain you in my basement and give you a bed and all this stuff and I'll pick you up food and you're just going to give me therapy whenever I want. It's not good, bro. Okay. Um, it's just not good. The dialogue is rough. Steve Carell is acting his pants off. The dialogue just sucks. And the way it's shot does not feel real. It feels like the stakes are never high because you know he needs Steve Carell, right? Yeah. Because like for therapy. So Domino so Gleason's get... in this and we both like Domino Gleason. He was in About Time. Um, yeah. He's not good in this. That's crazy because I he's feel like he's the one that makes or breaks this show, right? Yeah, um, he's the serial killer. Yeah. So, like, do you think he's just not serious enough? Do you think, like, he's not deranged enough? It, like, None what's of it's the... believable. Okay. It's just like, I don't, the, the threat's never there for the person you care about. Like, so what if he kills other people? He doesn't kill, he's not going to kill himself. He's the main character. And he's not going to kill Steve Crow because he needs him for therapy. Granted, I quit. I think there's 10 episodes. I quit five episodes in. So I made yeah. it through half of it. And I'm like, oh, this ain't it. And they're, by the way, they're short episodes. They're 30-minute episodes. And I'm just like, I can't do this. It sucks. Yeah. It's boring. Like, you're like, he's going to kill again. I'm like, so he's not going to kill you, bro. <laughs> I'm like, am I supposed to care about other people? Do you think like, it would help also, the show like, if... Steve Carell. Go ahead. Sorry. Do you think it would help the show if, like, we, if you saw Domino Gleason like, kill people no okay it wouldn't so is it I bad think, for, is do you think it's just bad from a premise standpoint like was it doomed yeah, to start i think it's tricky because the main character which would be steve Carell, is never in danger sure you're like because you think in your head well like well he's gonna kill you can't let you get away now that you know all this stuff but you're really not worried about it he doesn't feel like he's in danger so you're like well if he's not in danger and this guy's just killing other people but you like never meet the other people you're like this is all happening in a vacuum you know what i mean yeah. It's like, I know I'm supposed to care. It's like when a national disaster happens, like somewhere else in the world. You're like, we should do something about that. But like, I'm not going to go there, you know? Sure. Like, I care in the fact that I wish it didn't happen, but like, I don't know anybody. Yeah. And absolutely. I didn't see it. Um, so it feels weird. It feels like you're super, it, like the it just doesn't make sense. The dialogue is also boring and it's just, it's not there, dude. Also... I think people have been desensitized. I don't know. I didn't watch that a lot of this stuff, but there's like real murder documentaries out there now. And like a lot of them. And yeah. this is just made up. So you're like, I don't really, if I wanted to watch like interviews with serial killers, I'd watch Mindhunter, you know? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so which, like this by the just way, doesn't um, Netflix do anything Ma- right. Hey, Netflix, make Mindhunter season three, please. Um, Please, please I'm begging you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah mean- it's just not good, dude. And I don't, it's, the thing is, is when you watch it, you're not going to be able to figure out what's bad about it. You'll just know that it's bad. Yeah. Crime shows are very difficult, I think. Um, and, you know, we're going to talk about you in March. Um, yeah, we are. And, like, you is, like, the only show that's, like, following a criminal that I, like, care about. Um, it, it's very yeah. difficult to make those things, like work and when he messes up you don't want him to get caught but you also kind of don't want him to kill the people you like so you're like it's you you're just invested yeah um i watched also a bad movie um i don't know if you remember the 2009 hit classic g-force um watch oh, that bad boy dude. um 
<laughs> I I did revel. I did loop the group chat into the experience with me when I was watching it. But man, that movie is not good. Zach Galifianakis <laughs> is trying his hardest. Oh man! I after I watched the movie, I watched like the blooper reel because I uh, know I wanted to see what it would be like, and. Every scene, you know, with Zach Galifianakis that they show in that blooper reel is him trying so hard. He's like talking with the with the crew and he's like, so this one's like he's like remembering like, so this one's here, this one's here and this one's here. Like trying to make sure that he's talking to the right one at the right time. Like he is very much trying to make this movie not his fault. Um, Cannot say the same about Bill Nighy. Why Bill Nighy is in this movie they must have had blackmail on him. He must have been going through a messy divorce. He just he needed something. Um also like Nicolas Cage is in this movie. He's one of the voices. He's the antagonist yeah. of it. Um like it's at Will Arnett, Penelope Cruz. It's very classic Disney where the the cast is stacked. They spent their money on people to get audience members in seats. And the script was just not there. Like, listen, guinea pigs in the FBI is a hard <laughs> sell. Like, that is a tough movie to pitch. But stranger things have happened. Um, Like, I'm sure there is a version of this movie that could be funny. Like, if you embrace the campiness and the silliness of it, you just lean into it. Like, like super pets. Like, why did we think a super pets movie would be good? We didn't, but it was. And so the, the main thing that I wanted to talk about with this movie is that the entire soundtrack is one black eyed peas song and it's boom, boom, pow. And we start with just instrumentals. Then we, then we find that song a second time. We get eight measures of lyrics and then we get back to the instrumentals. And then we hear it for the final time in the credits where we finally get the full song. And I'm just like, hey, they had money for one song and they were going to use it. So, hey, gang, it does not matter how many substances you put into your body to try to make this movie good. You will not succeed. You will die before this movie gets good. Um, I think I'm. I will it, say this movie's very good for kids. Very good for kids, and it's also one of those movies where like all the jokes are in the trailer. You watch the trailer, you've you've gotten all of the jokes. So if you want to know what I'm talking about, watch the movie. Also, I just want to say, <laughs> G Force and Remember the Titans, both produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. So <laughs> Jerry B. <laughs> He's got he what he's got range, crossover, man. Dude. <laughs> what a crossover. Um this movie's like a three and a half if I needed to give it a rating. Oh, dude, this movie's Jeez. not good. Like 40 minutes of this movie, this movie's 90 minutes long. 40 minutes of it is spent in a pet store. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> so yeah, th- three and a half. Alex, what are we watching next oh, week? Man. We're watching the reboot and the Alex Good classic, The A-Team. The one that came out in 2010 with Bradley Cooper and Liam Neeson and Jessica Biel and a whole host of more characters that are freaking awesome. 
I was obsessed with this, and I'm so glad we're watching it for the podcast. I am too. I'm very excited about this. Um, but that's next week. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And make sure to watch out for motorcycles. Um, see you next week. I think this is when we say, yeah, bye. <laughs> Deuces. See ya. I forgot there was another thing I usually say. <laughs> I think this is when we say bye. <laughs> <laughs>